This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Now, long-time opposition leader Anwar Ibrahim has been sworn in as Malaysia's Prime Minister five days after the country voted in a general election that led to a hung parliament. Earlier today, the palace announced that the king had made the decision to appoint Mr Anwar as premier after conferring with other rulers in a special meeting of the nation's nine state monarchs. In the end, most of the political parties agreed to the king's proposal for a unity government ending days of deadlock. ST's Malaysia Bureau Chief Shannon Teo joins us from Kuala Lumpur. Thank you for joining us, Shannon. So, Mr Anwar has just been sworn in as the new Prime Minister of Malaysia. What will this mean for the country and what are some changes you predict he might be quick to make? Well, I think um, the, the first and foremost thing is, yes, it's, it's a great story for Anwar Ibrahim. After 24 years of waiting and trying his best to uh, get into the top office and he's finally there to leading Malaysia. So it's a hell of a journey for him, uh, an incredible story. But the kind of changes and what, in, how does it uh, matter for Malaysia, it's more in the aspect of that it's a unity government. So Pakatan Harapan hasn't won an outright majority, as we all know. And this government will have to join forces with the likes of Baisa Nasional, uh, which is supposed to be Pakatan Harapan's uh, nemesis, right? Uh, with people from uh, GPS, the Sarawak Coalition, so on and so forth. M- many other parties are set to join this unity government. So the makeup is unclear now. But the question here is this power sharing, right? Um, Anwar Ibrahim will be prime minister. We know that. Who's going to be his deputy or deputies in the plural? So this is something new as well. This promise of having uh, deputy prime ministers from Sabah and Sarawak from East Malaysia. And so how do you rebalance uh, this makeup of the cabinet, that's one thing. And the second thing is that in, on the campaign trail, uh, Anwar has promised uh, quite a fair bit of, of um, what you might call goodies for the public if he's uh, elected as prime minister. And also there are a lot of things inside the Pakatan Manifesto. There are a lot of things inside the Barisan National Manifesto. So whose manifesto takes precedence? Which are the policies you can agree on? And that's got to be the first thing that they kind of have to duke out right now. So to build on what you said earlier, it looks like a unity government is the way Malaysia is going. And while we might not know for certain, can we run through who you think is likely to make up this government? And if there's any notable names you predict could be in some of the more prominent roles? Well, I think as part of the deal brokered between uh, Barisan National and uh, Pakatan Harapan, I think we're likely to see uh, BN's deputy chairman, who is also AMNO deputy president, Muhammad Hassan, uh, becoming deputy prime minister. And we know that, um, you know, the same problems which uh, dogged Zahid Hamidi, the actual AMNO president, prior to the election, you know, he still got a graph charge that he has to get around. That's probably going to disqualify him from playing a prominent role in government. So Muhammad um, or Tokmat, as he's, he's popularly known, likely to be deputy prime minister, there's likely to be one more deputy prime minister from Sarawak. One of their most senior MPs is uh, Fadila Yusuf, and uh, he was the works minister in the last uh, cabinet. The prized uh, portfolio of finance ministry, we're likely to see quite a, a, a fair bit of wrangling about that. Um, if it comes from Amno, it would likely be Johari Ghani. Uh, he was the second finance minister under the Najib uh, regime. Uh, or it could be Rafizi Ramli from PKR. Now, he's the deputy president and widely credited for Pakatan's success, for their ability to actually hold on to most of the 90 seats that they had before parliament was dissolved. 
there are a lot of other key portfolios. But at this stage, still too early to to see who is going to take up what. But I can tell you the lobbying has already begun. So let's talk about Anwar specifically. From political prodigy to protest leader to prisoner and now prime minister, he has been waiting 24 years to take the reins and he has had perhaps more than his fair share of controversy. What kind of PM do you think he'll be and what sort of personal impact do you think his background will have on his leadership? Well, Anwar, you know, um, in all these years, whenever he's been disappointed, he's tried to be PM for so, so many attempts now and so many years, so many elections. He's developed this uh, kind of cliche, which he likes to trot out, um, you know, that he is the most patient politician you will find in Malaysia. He, as you mentioned, he's gone to prison, he's come out, he's had to forgive and even work with people like Mahade, who people say uh, precipitated his downfall in, in 1998. So I think he may bring some of these characteristics into the new government to be, in a sense, uh, generous and kind, forgiving to enemies that he's fought for so many years and possibly try to take that as a stepping stone towards. A lot of Malaysians are hoping for that this is a kind of a national reconciliation government. The fact that they've been able to bring on GPS from Sarawak, despite very deep enmity uh, with Pakatan Harapan, especially DAP, we've seen DAP leaders, Anthony Lok, the Secretary General, and even Guaning, the Chairman, making very public apologies to Sarawak about statements that they might have made in the past attacking the Sarawak state government. So this kind of, um, uh, you know, some people are saying it feels like it's Hari Raya already because people are issuing apologies to each other, asking people for forgiveness, um, that maybe we can be a great reset, right? And uh, we know that there's been a lot of ethnically charged rhetoric uh, over the past, not just this uh, parliamentary period that we, since 2018, but even maybe up to 10 years before this. So can the country come together? Can it come to a new understanding? I think that would be a huge legacy if Anwar can actually achieve that. I mean, of course, we have the, the economic questions that are, are, we're going to face any government that won this election. Um, the, 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 the fiscal problem, post-COVID uh, recovery and the hyperinflation and, and the geopolitical issues that you're seeing around the world is affecting everyone's economy. And those are challenges in front of him, but he can, he stands to actually leave a very long and lasting legacy during his term as Prime Minister. Sounds like the work has just begun for the political players in Malaysia. Thank you so much for your valuable insight, Shannon. This has been Malaysia Bureau Chief Shannon Teo. That was a podcast by The Straits Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. For more podcasts by The Straits Times, The Business Times and Money FM 89.3, you can also download the audio by SPH app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O.